You guys, welcome to a special episode of Big Little Life with the Dashley. This is our first episode with a call-in guest who we never knew before the podcast. We're so glad Stephen reached out and offered to be on the podcast. You guys are in for a real treat. You're about to hear our conversation with Stephen where we just, <laughs> Ashley and I basically turned this into our own personal therapy session. Stephen is a veteran pastor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a husband. He's a father. He is a super successful business owner along with his wife, Lisa. And man, he has so much insight in marriage, in building a business, in following your passion and following your heart as you design your own life. Man, he also has some amazing insight dealing with issues in his own marriage and also some other big challenges in his life with having a son with severe disabilities. So man, buckle up and just enjoy this conversation with us and Steven David Leonard. Okay, Steven, we are actually really excited to talk to you because reading your website, stephendavidleonard.com and checking out your Instagram, we feel like you're kind of us, but like a couple years ahead of us. Um, so I have so many questions for you and I'm just really excited to dive in. Della and I talk a lot. I wanted to start just with, um, I know that you're a pastor and I love pastors. Um, Dallin and I are member are Mormons or like members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So there's no, like, it's not something that you can like choose to be in our church to be a pastor. Um, but I'm always so intrigued by people in other churches who have become pastors and who have like dedicated their lives to, to like teaching and to like having a community and to like dedicating their life to the church. Um, and I just wanted to know like what, like when in your life did you decide to do that? And like, what brought you there? And like, I just feel like it's such an intriguing thing. Like it's such a cool job to have. And I've just never, I just would love to know like what, what led you down that path? Yeah. Well, thanks. That's a, that's a great question. And, uh, and I'll just say thanks for having me uh, on the show with you guys today. I'm very excited to, to talk with you as well. Um, uh, I agree with you. I, I think we probably share a lot in common in our lives. Um, so yeah, on the, on the pastor front, um, I really, uh, started to kind of feel that call, uh, as a teenager, actually kind of late in high school, uh -huh. Um, and it was, um, you know, really wanting to, um, really wanting to understand my own faith, wanting to, to share my faith. And I think, you know, just kind of recognizing that part of how I'm put together is to be able to, um, I don't know, that kind of combination of being able to kind of study things and understand and put it, put it back together, uh, in a way that can help others, you know, understand what I've been learning. And, um, I've always felt comfortable, you know, speaking and being in front of people and just some of those kind of elements of that, you know, of that role. And, um, and initially really wanted to, to become a youth pastor. I, I saw myself as being a youth pastor for life. And so working with teenagers, um, um over time, I, yeah, over time, I kind of realized that I don't know if the, if the teenager part is as much me. Um, I, I had a lot of mentors and things that I looked up to that I thought if I could be like Bob or like Ed, that would be awesome. Yeah. And uh, and I learned that, that Bob and Ed have this, you know, part of their personalities that uh, that's not me and actually had to come to some grips with really learning what that looked like for me as opposed to trying to be them. And, um, and so was in uh, pastoral ministry for 10 years. I went to seminary, uh, it was during those years I met my wife and then 
was in pastoral ministry for uh, for ten years. Uh, and um, yeah, it really is. It's a very unique job. It's 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 uh, a different. It's kind of a different type of thing than than I think almost any other job. You know, not not many jobs require you to ha- to speak once a week, plus be able to do administrative tasks. You wear plus a lot of hats. Be very personable. You just wear a lot of hats. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it, it's it's kind of a fun part of my life. That's cool. So from there, you kind of went on and and built your you you continued to build other businesses. Wait, I want to talk about this still. Can I jump oh. in with a question? I'm <laughs> okay, sorry. Actually, I was talking more about this. That's fine. Um, I know as Fair like, I know as a pastor, you give a lot of advice and you talk to a lot of new couples. Did you ever do like um, what do they call it? Like when premarital you, premarital counseling? counseling and that's that kind of thing. I did. What? I actually really enjoyed premarital counseling. I, I think it's a fun part of the job. What was your like num? What was your your golden your nugget advice? Give us your top. What what like what were the, you went in the new couple about to get married? They're all excited. Like what did you present to them? What did you teach them? Yeah, it's funny you should say it that way. It, it's it's exactly like that. They come in all excited. I think the number my number one thing was <laughs> to take that excitement and and um you know, I had some tools that I used, but to help them identify some of the challenging areas, like some of the more challenging areas of their relationship and really to help them understand that that's probably going to be those challenges that they experience on the front end are probably going to be those areas that are going to come up again and again and again in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And so it's well worth diving into those and understanding them and, you know, identifying them and really understanding them because it, it, you know, just because you get married doesn't mean that everything all of a sudden gets better and easier. Really over time, you get to know each other better, masks come off and it gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's kind of funny. Like I was going to say, I take that hope and dash it. And it wasn't quite that mean. <laughs> it's, probably <laughs> you know, good. it's probably good to get yeah, like a reality check. Yeah. But that's exactly it. I mean, I wasn't trying to be mean, but it was more that reality check type of thing, you know, to, um, yeah, help them, help them be able to see kind of what's coming down the road and, and at least get a start on that. You can only do so much on the front end, but at least get a start on that. Were there some things that were more common than others, uh, like common challenges that you were able to kind of draw out of these couples? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think uh, people tend to marry personalities that are the opposite. If not the opposite, at least on uh, at least on the other side of the personality spectrum of yourself. Um, and and what that means is that. Um, I don't know if that in and of itself is the biggest challenge, but I think what that does is create a context for um, for a lot of misunderstanding for whatever challenges you face. And so, like, there's just a lot of miscommunication that, that happens around that. Somebody being quiet, uh, you know, to one person, it's, it's kind of the noble thing. To the other person, it's like, how do I get through or how do I ever get out of you what I need, you know? Um, so I would say that's probably, that probably one of the more common things is just that those, those kind of extreme differences in personality. Steven, what we're secretly doing is turning this into a therapy session for Dallin and I. For free. free. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, well, 
And actually, and, and you know, you may or may not know know about this in, in our life. We Lisa and I uh, both talk about this kind of publicly, but it's also interesting because a couple of years back, uh, we just celebrated our 20-year anniversary ourselves just wow, this congrats. last summer. Thank you. And a couple of years ago, we went through kind of a, our own marriage crisis, and that gave me a lot of insight, too, uh, both into myself and into marriage. And, you know, I, there's probably some changes I would make to go back today. If I was doing premarital counseling today, there's probably some things that I would, um, you know, that I would say a little differently. But so it's- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kind of interesting to think about that, that, um, that time in my life of doing a lot of premarital counseling and then having to go through a really rough time in my own marriage and to, you know, and to kind of uh, work through those issues myself in an intense way. And, and fortunately in our case to come out much stronger on your side. Right. So we'll give you some backstory on Dallin and I, we got married when I was 24 and he was 23. And about two years later, we had our first child. And before baby number one, I think we, like we were, I mean, we're still happy, but it was just, everything was so fun And that was kind of our relationship to like have fun and to just like fulfill each other. Like I feel like everything, all of our cups were filled and then we had our first baby. And then nine months later we found out we were like surprisingly pregnant, a month pregnant with our second baby. And I feel like we've just been so focused on the kids and like going through like postpartum and pregnancy, like one after the other. I feel like coming out of it now, like we're still friends, but it's more, it's like a, a stressful friendship. It's, it's like way rockier than it used to be. And right now we're just trying to figure out how to like regroup. And I don't know if we can ever get back to what we were. And I don't know if we want to, but it's like, we are trying to like find our new identity after coming out of the like two babies in two years, like what our family dynamic is. Um, and I feel like you could have some really great advice for us, like how to like make, I don't even know, like how to find. It's like, we're rewriting how we see the world and our, and ourselves and our relationship. It's like, we need to rebuild the foundation on like true friendship and respect and, but but rather than just having a bunch of fun together. But it also includes our kids and we don't know how to like be who we were with kids too. Like there's just all this added stress and like. We, we love having kids so much. It's such, there's such a beautiful thing, obviously. And, um, that's a given. And it's just like, it's a new, it's a new normal for us. And we'd love to hear your insights there and, On and just like becoming, your experience. Like you said, becoming like a family team and like everyone having a place and everyone feeling important and like they have a voice and like they all belong. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, you know, first of all, I think it's so cool that you guys are just so open about that. And, Probably and just so too open about okay. your journey. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, what, one of the things that, that we say a lot is, um, 
you know, everybody goes through challenges in their marriage. Like I, you know, being married is, is hard <laughs> and, and we don't like say that enough, but it is hard. And I, and I think like the more that we who are married can admit that to ourselves, to our spouses, to those around us. And we can like actually talk about that on some level and share that with, with people. Um, I, I think the, the better marriages that we'll have, because it'll free us to be able to to share our struggles and and to hear from one another, to listen and to speak into. So that that's the first thing I'd say is just that's yeah. very cool that you guys are able to like see that and acknowledge that. Yeah, we got um, there. We spent a long time, like maybe even a whole year, just being so stressed that we weren't always happy. And then we finally decided it was okay to not always be like. To like to fight, like we just like instead of feeling bad and guilty and like our marriage was failing every time we fought, we kind of got to a place where we were where we decided it was normal, and that we were imagining like marriage as this like fantasy thing where a good marriage is a couple who never has an issue. And I think yeah. we finally got past that one. Yeah. Well, did you, and it's did you think this would too, be I... therapy for Dallin and Ashley when you called? <laughs> <in>? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yes, the, let's the, have him yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it's great. I, I love it. I think this is, these, these are issues. I mean, they're just so common and so many people are dealing with it in silence and they're, they're afraid. They don't know who to talk to. They think, they think they're the only ones and it's, and, and they're not, you know, like so mm-hmm. many people are going through these things. It's, it's actually more common than not. And I think especially, you know, um, just kind of where we started the conversation, I think, uh, you know, especially uh, people of, of a faith background, spiritual, religious background, I think especially it's, it's, uh, it's very common that there's both internal and expectations that marriage is going to look a certain way. And that way is somehow good and happy and you know, we, we want to, we want to say life is always better married, you know? (laughs) And, um, and, and that doesn't really take into account that like, we're, we're all people with all of our, with all of our hurts and all of our wants and all of our complexities. And then we're trying to do life together, our different backgrounds and different ways of seeing the world. And we're trying to do this, this thing together in the same four walls then like what you guys are experiencing, then we have kids and all of a sudden there's these other little demanding human beings that don't care about any of our needs. Like <laughs> don't at care all. What mood we're, we're in or if we're hungry or not or whatever, like we're just, you know, you, you just got to take care of them. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, they're pretty effective at demanding that of us. Um, you know, which, you know, that's good. Um, and, um, you know, and like you say, it just, it, it's, it's like a whole other, gosh, that's, it's just a whole other strain and a whole other demand. And so, um, yeah, so I, you know, I, again, I mean, just, I think it's very cool. You guys, you guys are open and honest about that. And, and I, I think, I think, um, you know, just like one huge thing is, you know, being able to, well, gosh, I, I would say this, here's probably the, the, the first thing that, that I think of when it comes to like, what helped Lisa and I in our marriage. And it's this, yeah, this is what I, um, through, yeah, through through lots of through lots of reading and going to marriage counseling and therapy and all kinds of things. One of the things that 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 I learned is um, 
you know, we all make up stories. It's how we get through the world. So we see something happen and we, in, inside our heads, whether we know it or not, we make up a story to explain it, right? So whatever, mm-hmm. you see two people across the way waving their arms at each other and you, you don't know what's going on. You just see them waving their hands and you just make up like, oh, they must be having a fight. Well, maybe or maybe not. But what what's interesting is when we come up with that little story, that little explanation, our brain, brain scientists have found that we, our brain drops a tiny amount of dopamine into our system, which makes us just a tiny bit happy. And it's, it's not something we perceive, like, you know, it's not something that we're like, oh, there's the drop. It just happens. But it's that feeling of like, I know what's going on. Yeah, like figuring out the mystery. Like thinking that you get it. Yeah. Is that what gives the little drop of dopamine, basically? Exactly. Exactly. Feeling smart or feeling like you're aware of of like what's going on here. Yeah. And it can be something tiny and it can be something huge, but it's all kind of that same feeling, right? Well, here's the thing. Whether or not it's actually true. Yeah. The thing about the little dopamine drop, it has no truth detector whatsoever. (laughs) It has has no, all it cares is that you have an explanation that you've got your little story. And so so being right makes you feel good. Not even being right. Being right makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, having an answer. Having an answer. Having an answer. Yeah. You have your story and now you're happy. Uh, That makes sense. So in, so in marriage, what happens is, um, you know, and I'll talk about, I'll talk about us, you know, I don't know, Lisa walks in the room and I see, you know, her, I see her brows furrowed and I see what to me looks like this angry look on her face. She doesn't say anything. She walks past me and I'm hoping to connect. And I immediately, I know without a doubt, I know she's mad at me. I know that she's trying to communicate it to me in some passive aggressive way and I know that, you know, like I've got this whole story of how like our relationship as I know it is like crumbling before my eyes, right? Yeah, you're basically describing you've just every day this and whole, down a nice life. You've just written this whole story in your head. Exactly. I feel like we do this so much. Yeah. And so learning that we that that we do that as human beings and learning that that little sense of satisfaction is not connected to the truth. We learned this little, this, to do this little thing where instead of just running away with my little story and getting mad or then responding in kind, which is what I tend to do, um, instead we learned to say, hey, uh, I'm making up a story right now that you're like super mad at me and that you're walking in here and you want me to know it. And that's true. And it's really <laughs> funny. We used to never do this. And it's really important to say that I'm doing this, not, not you're mad, huh? But I'm making up a story that you're mad, right? And it's really funny. Nine times out of 10, when one of us does it, we're like, what? Huh? Oh gosh, no. I was just thinking about this phone call I had earlier today and I was trying to figure out what to do about it. That was just on my mind. That's just so mind boggling to me because you would think at least you're like 50%, right? I mean, you've lived with this person for years. You think you might be able to pick up on some cues, but nine times out of 10, they were, it was wrong to you? Nine times out of 10. Wow. And it's just, you know, I, I, and I think the thing is, you know, you just, you're living with somebody, right? So right. you're just so in each other's lives and we tend to like kind of just 
read into every little, you know, we know what every single look looks like. We know what every raise of the brow means, right? It, but we often think it's about us when most of the time things aren't about us at all. I mean, we do that with everybody, but it's worse in marriage because you're, you're just in such close you know, proximity to each other. Yeah. So it's been a huge tool to just be able to identify that we're making up stories, to be able to talk about it. And in the one out of 10 times that it really is the issue, the difference now is we would have just gotten into this huge knockdown drag out fight before where now, you know, now we have the opportunity to say like, actually, yes, I am mad at you. And it's about this. (laughs) And and it's kind of like, Oh wait, wait, now we're in a conversation. Uh, Okay. Like, and it's funny, most of the time that, that, that beginning point, it gives us an opportunity to, to like talk through the issue and it doesn't become this huge thing. Um, Interesting. So that's probably like the, the biggest thing is just that kind of recognize that we make up stories, they're usually wrong and having some tools to, to just talk about it. And so identifying it as kind of clear in the air. Yeah. yeah clear, in, clear in the air and identifying it as a story you're telling yourself in your head kind of helps break the cycle of building upon past stories too. I think the hard part though is like make trying to get your emotions to follow your words. Cause I think for us, a lot of the times, like sometimes like our therapist tried to get us to use like the story I'm telling myself in my head. But by the time you get that out, you're already so mad. (laughs) I feel like that's like, we're not good at saying the story I'm telling myself in my head Bef- like we're not good at saying that before we have feelings. I'm really good at taking things yeah. personally. Yeah. Well, I'm really good at taking things personally too. And I got to say on the front end and it still happens, you know, but especially early on um, and even some now, um, you know, the way that can come out often is, you know, I'm making up right now that you're thinking this and I am really mad at you about it. you know and and like and it's but it's funny how diffusing it is when the other person is just so confused like wait what like it helps your brain to calm down a little bit oh yeah yeah because like you're wrong so now you have to make up a new story to accommodate that right yeah (laughs) wait my story was wrong now what do i do now what's the story now do i have to ask questions to find out the real story (laughs) wait a second yeah i think that's super helpful especially coming out of a rocky time where you're so you've like so conditioned your brain to thinking like oh they're doing this because because they're a jerk or because like they don't care or because like coming out of a rocky place you're so conditioned to being like oh well this is the reason they act this way more evidence of the way i think yeah so i think that's a really good way to like it's almost like the scientific method like oh i'm just going to like prove each time that i have a hypothesis here let's see if it's let's see if it holds out or not yeah totally and I think too, yeah, over time, the more you do that, the more you're like, cause the way we used to argue was you think this and you do that and you do the other and I don't like it. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Right. And, and taking this other approach, I just think over time when you, you know, you just keep seeing how wrong your own stories are and, and you see how like you really do have to kind of communicate, to understand where the other person's coming from and, like over time, I, and I'm not I'm not humble in this way naturally at all. But over time, it's kind of made me more humble in my in my story making. You know, where I'm kind of like, oh, 
I'm not always right. Maybe I should ask questions instead of make accusations, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but it's because of practice, not because that's how I'm wired. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it helps to like acknowledge right out of the gate. I'm making up this story about this. Like, is it true or not? Not like the story going, it, it's even one step further than saying the story in my head is like it, like I'm making this up right now. Please tell me if it's true or not. So I have this theory. Totally. You have a theory? I, I've been like thinking about it a lot lately. Like, me, like Dallin and I, I mean like everyone fights and I, every time we fight, I think to myself like, why are we doing this? Like I wouldn't have this fight with my best friend. Like my, my girlfriend, my best friend who's like not who I'm not married to. Right. Like I wouldn't have this fight with her and I, and it wouldn't get this personal this fast. And I've been trying to like figure out what's the difference between like my best friend who I love and my, my, my spouse who is supposed to be my best friend. But I've been like, I think there's like a really like a bound, a difference in boundaries with, with friends and like with your spouse. And it's super hard to navigate. Like I'm really good at navigating the friend boundary. Like, like I just don't go places that I would go with Dallin and I don't cross lines that I would cross with Dallin, but also like our lives aren't, tangled like Dallin and I's life is like entwined with each other like and it's just like a really hard thing like something we've I've never like been trained in or experienced I wish there was college for marriage like how to like figure out that relationship to like be best friends with someone where it matters if they want to move away or it matters if they want to change their job like if my best friend was like oh I'm getting a new job you'd be like oh well that's great but if Dallin was like, you know what, I'm going to change jobs. Like it would be a huge thing for me. It's hard to be best friends with someone. And I think you can get there, but it's, I might just be like a totally different place being best friends with someone where like every huge decision for his life, like a decision he wants to make for him. Like he can't just think about him. He has to factor in me and he has to factor in our two babies. Like it's really hard. I think. What's your take on that? I don't know. Like, what's your theory on best friends and marriage? Like, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think the issue there, I think the stakes, as you're saying, I think the stakes are just higher. You know, like, like you say, your best friend wants to get a new job. And let's say you think it's a horrible idea, right? Yeah, like, well, I'm, I don't say anything. I mean, if they do, you know, if they do, then whatever. I mean, you can still support them. And when they say, oh, my gosh, I made a huge mistake, you know, you can be, you can just be their friend and you know, it doesn't change anything about your income. It doesn't change anything about your schedule. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. So like in marriage, like, should I just everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Should I just be that way with, with Dallin? Like, is that the way to have the perfect marriage to just be, to not be as, to not care as much or to like, just be like, yeah, you do you, I'll do me. I don't know. Like we're trying to like figure this out where we can both be happy and he doesn't feel like I'm controlling his life and I don't feel like he's controlling my life. It's like this murky water, but I don't think we can be so like dichotomous that I just, that I am like that. Like, Oh yeah, do whatever you want. Like we'll be cool. Yeah. You know, I, I think that you do have to, I I think that we all have to recognize that the relationship is different, right? Like, the stakes really are different inside marriage than inside a friendship. Um, and so I think one, you know, I think the starting point is 
is there, recognizing that like the decisions that, you know, that we make, that we make impact our, our partner and our kids and our whole family dynamic, really. And so we do, I, I think, have to make our decisions within the context of that system, right? Mm-hmm. The friendship system is one system with one set of rules. The family system is another, is another system with another set of rules. And I don't mean rules in the, like, you know, here's the 10 things you have to do. I just mean the dynamics that, that yeah. work there, right? So, so I do think it's different, um, for one. And for two, and then this is where I think it gets, um, I mean, honestly, where I, I, I think it's like, there's as much art as science. And, and it's this, I, I think like, you know, we, this is something that Lisa and I work on a lot is understanding what I have to understand what I need and what I want, like as a, as, as my own self, right. And she has to do the same as her own self. And then we have to bring those two things together to figure out and how does that work for the two of us? And so sometimes we need to create space for the other person to, you know, to, to be who they are or do what they need to do, whether it's work or whether it's, you know, one, one of the things that came out for us was Lisa, Lisa has um, a big family. She has a, a number of sisters and for her, she wasn't getting as much time with her sisters as she, as she needs. Mm-hmm. And one of her stories was I wouldn't let her do it. Uh, where where once it kind of came up, you know, I was like, no, I, I'm happy for you to do it. I didn't even know that you wanted to, to do that like that. Um, and there's some things that we have to do, you know, because our, our oldest son has special needs and things for me to watch the kids. You know, just we, we always have to think about kind of what what's the child care situation here, who's on and, you know, whether it's me or her or we have somebody helping us. We just, you know, there's some logistics we always have to work through. But basically, once we kind of work through those things, then we can create the space for her, for example, to to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I've and I, you know, I I've been working on some things in the career space, and you know, similarly, like she's been working on creating that space for me to be able to do that. So I think, you know, I, I think recognizing where each, where you know, you have to know what you where you're coming from first, and then I do think there's a certain amount of negotiation where sometimes it's a matter of like, okay, that's that important to you. And we're just going to make space for that in our family. We don't, I don't know what that looks like, but we're going to do it. And sometimes it's like, Hey, we, I don't see how that can exist at a hundred percent, but you know, can, if we made that exist at 60%, can, you know, can we work with that? Like, and, and there's give and take there. Yeah. yeah. So I think, like Dallin and I came into marriage. We, like we heard that saying, Every, both of you need to give a hundred percent. And I think we took that super literally, like meaning like I give a hundred percent to make, to figure out what makes Dallin happy. And like somehow that will make me happy. And he gives a hundred percent to make like me and the kids happy. And somehow that will make him happy. And we like came out of it two years later, just feeling like we had nothing that we did for ourselves kind of, and just kind of like a really, I don't know, just like a place where we felt like we ended up with like nothing where we thought we would get like this beautiful sense of fulfillment. It's kind of that mixed with like hoping the other person makes me happy (laughs) or you know what I'm saying? So it's It's cool to hear like it's cool. I love to hear that you guys are actively like have to work at that. It doesn't come naturally. 
oh man, we got to work hard on it. And I got to say, even after, I mean, you know, we, we have done couples counseling for a few years. We've done our own, you know, personal therapy for a few years. We have a faith background to draw on. We've got a pretty good support system. And like, you know, and we've made a lot of progress. I mean, I, I can truly say we have better intimacy in our marriage today than we've ever had in, you know, in the whole history. Like year 20 was better than any other year. Um, you know, and, uh, it probably wouldn't take me very long to think about some sincere disagreement and misunderstanding that we had in the last five days that we had to really work through, you know? Yeah. Um, that's just, and, that's and, something that you never hear about on social media. You know, you only see people's highlights and you just hear and like, you just give having, 100%. You, the story you make up in your head is that so many other couples got this going and it's so easy for them. And we're over here just struggling to do this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Those are things that I think, yeah, we gotta, we gotta watch out for. Yeah. And it kind of comes down to like basically teamwork is what it sounds like. And you talk a lot about building a family team on your blog. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, definitely, um, you know, because our lives, like we, you know, we have uh, our businesses we run together. We're, you know, um, sometimes we're at home, sometimes we're in the office, uh, you know, I just definitely, uh, you know, definitely we gotta, we gotta see ourselves as, as a unit. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think it's a lot of people try to divide like their work life and their home life and their whatever. And for me, I'm me wherever I am. So if I have to take the car in to get it fixed and I have to, you know, prepare for a meeting, uh, at the office, like those are just two things I have to do. It doesn't really matter what the context, like, you know, it's, it's all just on my to-do list. So, um, and and I think we just kind of approach life a little bit more holistically that way, um, you know, including with our family. So like you're, you seem like you're describing our life. Like we both work from home. Dallin quit his like quote unquote, like normal job. And we kind of like took on this home business that we've been growing. And it's so, it's been a whole different dynamic, like figuring out what no boundary, like how to live with no boundaries versus like, when he had his nine to five job, like there were very strong boundaries. Like you live here to get to this job and you work from these hours to these hours. And when you get home, this is your responsibility. Like this home. is what, this is how we define success in your role. And, and now it's every single thing is up to us. And like, it's been how to even just feel successful about a day when you're the one, like when everything, like you don't even know, like you don't start out the day with, Oh, like to work a, to work a full day's work. Like you need to do this and this and this, and then you can well, feel like you're not lazy. <laughs> I know. Like, I guess you could, yeah. you could do that. What's been like your guys's take? Like, I know like she, your wife has a, fu- a cool story. Like you both do where she had like, um, like a hobby or like a small business that she was doing and you and her worked together and helped it become, become something like really successful. And then you have started your own thing and you guys work together and it sounds like it might be like based in your home. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but like, what are your guys's like tips for success and like your ground rules and like, how do you navigate that water of like working from home with your kids, with your family, with your wife, even like, that's a whole nother yeah. relationship. Talon and I are like, Oh, like business partners. No one taught us how to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's hard enough with business partners, let alone when your business partner is your spouse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I you know so t- these days we kind of work. We we do have an office, um, uh, you know, for our business. But uh, Lisa and I ourselves do often work out of our home. It's really funny. We actually were sitting in my home office at at my desk together brainstorming something the other day, which we don't do very much. But I I had this. I sort of took this little mental picture of us. I'm like. Aren't we the cute couple, you know, at home working together on something like, yeah. um, you know, but most moments aren't quite like that, but that was a fun little moment. But I, you know, I think somebody, somebody told us early on, we, man, we, we would have, you know, meetings, for example, at work and, you know, whatever, we'd have an argument over who did or didn't do the dishes that morning. Then we go have a marketing meeting. And yeah, it's hard know? to cross over when we, you're ticked at them about like yeah, family stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So we're in a meeting with, you know, three or four other people and like, I don't like your marketing idea, Lisa, you know, (laughs) and, you know, and it's really about the dishes, you know, Yeah. and, um, and for some reason our employees got really uncomfortable with that. I don't know why, Um, (laughs) but, but, you know, somebody told us at one point, like, Hey, you know, one piece of advice is just identify context. And so, you know, it's kind of like, it's like getting, um, it, you know, it's like getting, uh, I'm in California. So it's a little bit like, you know, you get on a plane in, uh, you know, in Chicago in the middle of the winter and you've got this big heavy coat that barely keeps you warm and you land in LA and you walk outside into, you know, 80 degrees on a cool December day. And all of a sudden that coat is just out of place. You know, it was, it was fine in Chicago, but it doesn't make sense in LA anymore. And he's kind of like, there's things that like, when you guys are at home and you're a couple and those are the hats you're wearing, that's great. Like, you know, that's fine that you can relate that way. But when you're in this context and you show up in a meeting at work, like that, that sort of metaphorical coat is no longer, it's it's not really in, in place anymore. It doesn't serve you anymore. So you guys got to think about those context issues, you know, and maybe what coat you're wearing or what hat you're wearing, depending on what metaphor you want to use. That was really helpful for us to sort of define like, okay, we're going to be at work and you're going to be in this meeting. And now we've got to be business partners or we got to, you know, play the roles that we have in the company, know what those are and step into those, set some of that other stuff aside until later. Um, and, and in a sense, kind of recreate those boundaries that you're talking about, um, you know, even if you have to do it sort of artificially at first, because uh, it's helpful. Those those boundaries, those constraints that um, exist in, in sort of more traditional settings, they do help. Like you're saying, they do help sort of define your, your, your life and your world. Uh, when everything's up to you, in some ways, I think you got to go back and, and start and start redrawing those lines to help yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's golden. So you're, I need to like draw some lines. You were a pastor, right? And uh, then something yeah. happened and now you guys own these like two businesses, you're entrepreneurs, like what happened in between? Like, was it your wife who started something first or was it you or was it like you wanted more? I love a good business startup story. They're like my favorite thing. Cause Dallin and I like lived it. And I think there's so much like bravery in them and so much hope and so much inspiration. And I know we have like a lot of listeners who are kind of in a place where they're working one job and maybe they want something different for their life or they want 
like to somehow like make more money or to like just change change their position or change their career and it sounds like you guys did that um going from I don't know if you still practice as a pastor but like going from just doing one thing to doing something totally different and that's a big scary jump you designed your life the way you wanted it to be yeah yeah and 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 still are making some changes yeah yeah so it started when our son was born our first son when he was born special needs my wife i was a special needs teacher i was a pastor and um you know because he had special needs for my wife she was working with kids with special needs all day long then came home uh to deal with our son's special needs and uh she just felt like she needed something else and she's just a creative person and so she started kind of making jewelry for fun as an outlet and uh over time um started kind of giving it to friends selling it to friends seeing if friends would uh, would host, you know, parties and sell it to their friends and, and kind of, it, it just sort of started growing as, you know, first just a, a creative outlet, then to a hobby, then to a hobby business. Um, eventually we, we got to the point where, um, you know, where I was helping her during my, you know, during my quote unquote off hours, um, helping her kind of with the, the vision piece and the sort of business leadership side of it. Um, you know, a friend of mine and I built our first website, um, and at some point it started kind of taking off and, uh, we realized there's, there's two things that happened. One was we realized that we needed somebody to do what I was doing full time and it needed to either be me or we needed to hire somebody. Uh And at that same time, uh, our oldest son, uh, needed open heart surgery and, uh, you know, which is, we, we just knew we were facing some few months long period of, um, you know, of kind of serious medical stuff. Um, yeah. and I just, I, I didn't see how, I didn't see how to keep going in my role with the emotional demand of all that, with the time demand of all that. Um, I, you know, I didn't see how to continue in my role as a pastor while also kind of jumping in with our family and having the, the, the emotional bandwidth, the the time freedom to be able to kind of do whatever our family needed. Um, and, you know, simultaneously, I was really enjoying there. What I was also just enjoying sort of all the relationships you make in, in business where you're just, you know, there's so much that's outside your own four walls. And that was something I, I thought would have, I thought I'd be more involved in the community as a pastor than I was. So um, so I was seeing that with business. So we just decided, you know what, let's just go all in together. And uh, so I took the step into into full time uh, with the business about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, that's a scary and time like to start say, we, right before your your one of your kids oh, needs surgery and stuff. Oh, yeah. it was it was a crazy time to start. I mean, I don't know if I'd recommend for anybody to do what I did. But if, you know, our, our whole business life, our whole, like the whole trajectory of our business is like looking back and going, you know, that worked, but was it a good idea? Yeah. But like, but what if it didn't? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, but we kind of just followed our noses a lot and, and, uh, there's been a lot of being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, um, and, you know, I think for both of us kind of learning that like we both have or maybe a certain knack for different elements of business that neither one of us really knew that we had on the front end. Um, 
so anyway, so yeah, so we jumped in and, and, uh, we, you know, we were working together and, and building a team, uh, over the last 10 years for, uh, for our business. And we've been fortunate enough. We've been able to, to buy a couple of the businesses and we were able to do all of our manufacturing. We own a facility. We're in the, in the central coast of California. Uh, we have a facility now in Southern California that makes all of our, that, that makes all of our designs for us. And, um, which is, you know, just huge to have an amazing team that we have there. And we've been able to, yeah. um, kind of continue, continue a legacy in, in, with that business as well and, and continue to employ some, some folks there. And, and then, uh, two years ago, um, you know, there, uh, there's a sense I would say of, of my calling that I felt like, you know, I'm not really living up to, to part of my calling. And it is that sort of teaching and engaging with people. Like I'm doing this kind of behind the scenes stuff, but I, I miss that, that part of being a pastor where you get to really engage with people and speak and teach and, yeah, and share connect. insights and things like that and connect. Yeah. And so, um, and, and kind of one of my themes has been actually what you guys just said, you know, for myself, it's been such a journey of understanding who I am and understanding my calling and, and, you know, and being willing to take the risks that I need to take. And, and I, and I realized at one point, like, I keep thinking doing this behind the scenes role is going to somehow lead to this, like, um, is going to lead to this, uh, this other thing where I'm not behind the scenes anymore but it's like the wrong trajectory. And so at some point I realized, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm also not experiencing what I want in my life uh, totally because I'm not, I'm not doing the things that, that have that result. And so at some point I've got to step out in my own name as well so that I can, I can share, you know, with others about, um, you know, just this, this notion that I, I really do believe that we're, we're created in God's image and we're created, we're all made for something. We are, we have, we're designed uh, for a certain life and, and um, you know, and there, there's a reason we, we have these longings in us for, you know, the things that you just mentioned, maybe it's maybe, you know, to, to find another source of income or maybe it's to take up a new hobby or maybe it's, um, you know, starting a family or, you know, I mean, lo- lots of ways that this comes up in, in people's lives, but, um, but I'd been on such my own journey of that, that I'm like, you know what, I, I think that I would like to share this with others because it, it's, um, I, I wish in a lot of ways somebody had, had kind of given me more permission and encouragement earlier to kind of go for it, to live my own life and not live somebody else's. And, and so I wanted to be able to do that for other people. I love that. I, I totally resonate with that. Like, like Dallin and I both believe like, like you said, like we're created in God's image and we don't come from nothing. Like we come from greatness. And there's a reason that like when we're here, like on earth that we like, we crave like greatness and we crave success and we crave happiness. And those are all things like that, that God wants for us to be happy and to, to be passionate and to follow our hearts and to just like achieve, like become our greatest selves. That was our theme when we first started dating was achieve greatness. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. We're looking at your website right now, and you guys have some really, really pretty jewelry, really cool stuff. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are killing it. So you're the main designer Thank for all you. these. Or you work with a team of designers. 
So for the Lisa Leonard line, Lisa's the main designer. And for the Stephen David Leonard line, um, I'm, I'm the main designer. And then we do have actually some design. We do have a design team that helps us, um, you know, kind of take our, take our concepts and bring them into reality. And we've got it. And I, you know, got to say, we got a great team that we work with today. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just like, it just feels like there's soul to the things that, that you create. Dallin and I would love to like jump into this world of like we create videos, you know, and we create like content for the internet. And there's something that I love about content that like you can hold something physical. There's something like so intriguing about content that isn't like made up of code and stuff. Um, I just feel like it's such a daunting world getting into the whole like manufacturing side of things. And what would you want to make? I don't even know. I just like, I am so like, I want to know. It intrigues me too. That's why I'm asking. Like, where did you guys start? Like you said, like your wife had this dream to make jewelry. And then how do you go? Like, how do you get to, oh, like we own a manufacturing company. (laughs) I feel like there's no school for that. And that's like what intrigues me so much about entrepreneurs is they just figure it out. But I'm so hesitant. I don't want to, I don't know. Like, I don't want to make this huge mistake or barriers to entry. Yeah. Talk about those a little bit. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. It, it, for us, it's probably a lot like, uh, it's probably a lot like it is for you in, in what you do. And I, you know, I don't know, maybe you guys went to school for what you do and, you know, have, have degrees, nope. in, you know, <laughs> broadcast media or something, but, um, digital broadcast media, I don't know. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, for us, it really, I mean, it's funny. Um, Lisa literally saw this, we, we did this kind of just fun, when I graduated seminary, we did this little fun trip into to San Diego and she got this bracelet. And some months later when everything was going on, she was like, I thought I could make this. And she went, she got all these, she did not know what to do at all. She got all these materials. Um, I think at Michael's or something and, um, not great material. I mean, they were, they were nice what you can get there, but not like what we use today. Yeah. And she kind of like recreated this, this bracelet and, and like, it was sort of like one step after another from there where we started, you know, some, sometimes like, I don't even know where we learned about how to source things and how we learned about some, some of the things that we learned about, but basically like, you know, it, it, it's a matter of like, I, I think the the biggest thing is it's a mindset that is, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to go find out. I'm going to find somebody who does. I'm going to like, and it's a lot of putting yourself out there. It's a lot of, it's a lot of being willing to like look stupid to somebody who knows when you know you don't. I mean, I've, I've had so many conversations with experts that I don't even know enough to ask worthwhile questions yeah, that's you how down and i uh, are at like youtuber conferences yeah. we're like oh <laughs> actually it's, it's really funny the first i mean not that this is like the manufacturing or whatever but just as an illustration the first banker that i interviewed when we were going to get a real business a bank account you know yeah somebody told me you're supposed to interview bankers you know and i'm like yeah you interview them i mean i'm not an idiot you know i'm like oh my gosh i gotta interview them <laughs> so i went into this to the, the first banker and i'm like I'm like, so, um, here's the thing I need to interview you and I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest with you. I'm like, I have no idea what questions I'm supposed to ask you, but you do know the questions I'm supposed to ask. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell me the questions 
and then answered them. And then I'm going to take these questions and I'm going to go interview other bankers. And she just, she laughed at me. I mean, she just totally laughed. And then she's like, that's awesome. Let's do this. (laughs) And she did it. That's like, oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say, and what do you know? And who ended up being our banker for the next, you know, seven years or something? I mean, we followed her around at different banks, you know, (laughs) because because she was so open to it. You know, I, I, I tried talking with others and they were so, whatever, they just were so bent on being, you know, experts or whatever that they couldn't engage. And because she just was cool about it and she was willing to teach me, um, you know, it helped me. It really did teach me what I needed to know. And, and, uh, and I'm like, this is the kind of person I want to work with. And I've just, I've experienced that over and over and over again with people that, um, in some ways when you're just willing to admit, you don't know, and you just ask and you just learn and listen and, you know, you, you can, you can learn a lot. You can accomplish a lot. You can make the connections you need to make. You can, you know, and then eventually opportunities start opening up and you walk through those doors. And next thing you know, you own a jewelry manufacturing facility in Southern California. Huh. It reminds <laughs> me, like I can draw parallels to Dallin and I's story. Like, we knew we liked taking pictures. Like I knew I always wanted to be able to take beautiful pictures of my family. And so we like saw, like we had seen professional pictures and we were like, oh, we can take that. So we just bought a camera and put an ad in the paper as professional wedding videographers and photographers. And we just like faked it for a good like two weddings. And then we just kept building on that. And we figured out things as we went. And then like, it was the same with like people ask us all the time, like, how do I get into vlogging? Like, I, I would love to be a family vlogger. Yeah. And we just say, you just have to start. Like, you just have to start taking video of yourself and you'll just figure start. it out. Cause you're never, you're like, you'll never go anywhere if you just keep stressing, like, I'm not going to start until I know everything. If there's one thing we did oh, right from the beginning, so was, yeah, like just exactly like you said, you have a goal. You don't know how you're going to get there, but you're willing to look stupid and ask people who do know how to get there and just try and try and try. And you kind of have the vision in your mind. And I'd say that's the one thing we did right from the beginning is we kind of had the vision where we wanted to go. And then we just were willing to look stupid and put ourselves out there. But our initial risk, like we bought the camera and we started, we wanted to make money so that we could pay for our camera because we were too poor to buy our camera. So we just took a risk on buying a camera, but we just had this crazy idea that we could just get people to pay us for pictures and we would pay off our camera. Well, here's how we did it. We, we did free ones first and then put those on our website and then people saw those and then said they wanted to pay us to make pictures like those for them. Yeah. I guess so there's like a spark of entrepreneurship in there, but we didn't start out being like, Oh, Art Dallin's job is going to, we're going to be professional like YouTubers like, and have a podcast. And like, that was never like our first goal. It was just the vision built slowly. I think we just followed like a dream of ours, like a dream to have a nice camera. And then we, figured out we were talented at it and and built our job on our talent and our dream, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, But it sounds like your wife kind of did that. She just wanted jewelry. She wanted to make her own jewelry. And then she thought she was good enough to give it to other people and then to sell it and then to like build a company. That's exactly right. And it's funny. I, I would say some of our key risks are like, are like this. She came to me one day and said, um, she was, she was work. Our, our boys were young and she said, you know, Hey, um, she was working, um, in, in homes at the time, part-time she was, she was paid for 20 hours, working 30 hours. Cause she had to drive around the County we live in. 
and she was working with families with kids with special needs because she has expertise there. And, uh, and she goes, so I did the math and after babysitters paid gas, et cetera, et cetera, the, the, you know, the 20 hours I'm paid for and the 30 I'm working, I'm bringing home $200 a month. That's hard. I'm like, okay. And she's like, what would you think if I made the jewelry business my, and when I say jewelry business, I mean, just, you know, wait for the numbers here. What if I made a jewelry business my full, my, my job and I'll work 20 hours a week, but I'm just going to work 20, not 30. <laughs> and, um, I'm pretty sure that if I do it and I focus those 20 hours, I'm pretty sure that I can, that I can sell $200 a month worth of stuff. And I said, okay, well, you need to make $200 worth of money, not just sell 200. And she's like, right. I'll make $200 a month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, and I was a pastor and she was doing this and I'm like, okay, so that $200 a month, that's our grocery money. And she's like, right. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Wow. And on the one hand, it's only $200 a month. On the other hand, it was our grocery money that we gambled. Uh, but we're just like, you know, the thing is though, when the stakes are real, we'll figure it out because you, you have to. And so we went for it. And it was kind of the same thing when I stepped into the business that like, okay, so I've got benefits. I've got, you know, a, a paycheck that we can count on. I've got, you know, and we're kind of like, you know what? I, I We're going to put that on the line because I think that we can, I think we can do better if we're both focused over here. I think that we can, you know, we can increase that and, and, um, you know, and, and be ahead. And I think taking those risks and then also knowing where, where, you know, being willing to say, um, Hey, I've learned enough about this area to know that like, I'm never going to be as good at this thing that my business requires as someone who's trained to do that. So now I'm going to totally step out of that piece of my business and I'm going to hire somebody to do it. That's the, scary and that's part. its own thing. I mean, yeah. And that, and that can be like for us, the first one of those was, I'm like, Lisa, you can't answer the emails, make the jewelry, uh, put everything in the envelopes, put it in the mail, you know, take the photos on and on and on. I'm like, can we find a college student that can help you put the stuff in the mail? Like that, she's kind of like, I don't know. I'm going to lose touch with the business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I'm like, let's do it. You know? Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it just kind of goes like that. So. Man, that's inspiring. That's so cool. And it paid off well for you. And now it you guys both have these, uh, this really cool jewelry. It's no, it's more than jewelry, bags, necklaces, even a game, a cool chess set. Man, that's awesome. Congratulations, yeah. you guys. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. So what's next for you guys as we wrap up the podcast here, just tell us what's, what's next in your life. Yeah. So, um, we're, you know, we're, continuing to develop the businesses and, um, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to develop, uh, more and more the Stephen David Leonard brand. And, uh, I'm actually kind of more on, on the, you guys are talking about it'd be interesting to manufacture, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by what you guys do. I'm trying to get more and more into the content Let's trade. Uh, world and cool. yeah. And so that's, that's where we're trying to focus these days. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, maybe we can trade on something. We're, there you go. We're great at business trades. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Stephen. Like thank it. you so much for taking the time to chat with us. This has been really, honestly, it's been really cool to get to know you. And thank you for your advice. And my key takeaways are just like just working, being intentional, and working on things, and using the phrase "the story I'm making up in my head is," and and letting myself do that before the emotions are already flooded, and just being aware there, and then being willing to look stupid and put myself out there and and just and like have have my goal in mind of what I want to accomplish and then go and, and do what it takes to get there. Yeah, it's figuring out what makes you happy. Yeah. That's key. I think that's yeah, the hardest I part, figuring right. out like what you want to do. Cause a lot of people like it took me, I don't even know. Still, like I'm figuring it out, but and I think we I'm on have the a path. Vision board. Well like I think I'm on my path, but and I think you're on your path, but like that's so hard to figure out what you want like mm -hmm. like what do you want like no one i don't i don't think a ton of people can answer that like really um yeah. well let's work on it's that. hard to imagine what you could do yeah that that's a whole fun topic in and of itself i'll 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 restrain myself but that i think that's been one of my massive areas of journey and and uh that's been one of the things i think that um yeah i think a lot of people feel that way i've had my own experience of it and uh that uh, if we're at the beginning of the of our time, that would be a fun topic to delve into. Hold on, hold on, dive into it for a second, Stephen. Do you? Sure. I know that we're well, over our hour. Do you need? Do you have more time, or? Um, I've got I've, I've got just a couple minutes here. Um, okay, but yeah, quick, but quickly, I would just say I I think I think a lot of you know I I think that we do have that sense of of you know what kind of what is that um what's that thing that I really want. And I think actually what, what's, what's, what I found to be true is most of us actually kind of know what that is, but it's really scary to admit it to ourselves, let alone out loud. And it can be anything. I mean, it, it just, it, you know, it, it, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no want that's any scarier than any other. It's just whichever one is yours is the scariest one for you. Man, you know, I wonder why it's and, so hard to say it. Yeah. And it, it's funny because like, I think we really think like, well, if I really want this, that must be the one thing I'm not allowed to have or some, some version of that. Huh. And, you know, and I think we, we grew up with a lot of like, you know, in my case, and I think in a lot of people's cases, we grew up with voices telling us, yeah, don't do that. Oh gosh, that's what you, Oh no. You know, you can't make money at that or um, that's a silly idea or you're not as good at that as you think you are or, you know, oh, don't try that. That's, you know, only weird people care about that or whatever. I mean, lot, lots of negative voices and we internalize those as we go through life and we believe them more and more. And so it makes it more challenging to, to like go for it. The stories Meanwhile, you're telling yourself in your head. The stories you're telling yourself in the head, in your head. I mean, I, you know, I, life is about story in my, in my opinion, but, and, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we all live these, we all live out our stories. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so part of our goal is really to, to continually try to align ourselves to our real story. Um, our real but, story. Um, yeah, that's the, the, the truest, the, the truest sense. And, and, and this is where I think, you know, as I, as I said earlier, like that, you know, we're, we're designed, right. We're, we're created with a, with a design. And if there's some deep longing in our heart, like, where does that come from? And, you know, I know not everybody thinks like, like you, you know, like we do, you know, about this, that, that maybe, you know, they don't come from the perspective that like God put that in them, but 
I think we all know wherever our kind of background is, I think we all know that like, yeah, I was made for something. I mean, that's just a part of our language, right? It's like, no, I was made to do this. And so, um, and so I think we should spend some time, you know, exploring that. And one of the reasons I, I, I like the, the design concept is because what designers do is they have an idea and they create a prototype, they put it into the world and they let it and they, and they see what happens. And then based on what happens, they make changes. And sometimes they create a wholly, a completely different thing to accomplish the same purpose. Or sometimes they take and they, and they kind of retool that, that thing and, and just make it better at, at doing it. You know, it's like an, an easy example. It's like, that's, you know, that's an iPhone, right? The first version looked like a brick and now they're like cool and slimmer and have mm-hmm. better cameras and all that stuff. Right. And it's like, you know, the more people use it, the more they know, okay, this is what it needs to do. And so designers kind of refine it. And I think that life is actually a lot like that, that like, you know, I don't think that you have to know day one exactly what exactly to the, to the finest detail what it is that you're made for or what that, what the exact details of the longing of your heart are. But I think like start where you can grab a hold of that and do something in that direction and let yourself experiment, right? Don't put the weight of your whole life on the first time you try to do it. (laughs) Like be willing to like, you know, if you want to write a blog, start writing. And publish it to the internet and let yourself be bad at it. It's okay. Let yourself improve over time. Maybe you think you want to be a food blogger when you start, but in the end, you're blogging about family. That's okay. Let yourself treat your life more like a designer where like you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna try things, you're going to put them into the world, and you're going to allow yourself to do these kind of iterative improvements and and know that like you will get there like that's a journey that actually gets you to to the longings of your heart man that's golden that's good stuff thank you i need to i'm gonna re- go back and re-listen to this and think about that and it's just cool to think about how we did that to a degree like we knew we wanted to go in this direction with a camera mm-hmm. we had a camera that's like our iphone one or like God created, exactly. God created like this, he matter and organized and he organized it and separated light from darkness. Boom. We got like this, this earth here. And then, then it kind of like, okay, let's go on day two, maybe add some, separate the dry water from the land. You know what I'm saying? Where are you going with this metaphor? I'm saying kind of biblical, another biblical no, approach I- versus the, the iPhone, you know? And then by day seven, boom, you're made in his image. And that's like everybody's goal. You know, and kind of like that, that's, and God didn't like, boom, day one, just create every single little thing. I mean, he could have, but it's like, it's kind of like a, a metaphor for our own journey through life. Like, and just start with day one, you know, maybe like, the stories for us, the, like for yeah, people. the story of the creation. I think that like, we shouldn't be so upset if we don't create this beautiful metaphorical earth with water and mountains and animals and beautiful plants and like so many humans. details so many details, like just start with organizing matter, creating an earth, creating one thing. I, I love that. I mean, I love that. That's, I mean, I, that's definitely where, where I, where I go myself. And I, to think that like God didn't create it perfect day one. Yeah. And I'll even go this far. Cause, and this kind of blows people's minds sometimes, but like 
I think even by day seven, I think what God created was good, but not perfect because he's made us as creators as well. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, in a lot of ways, when he was, when, when on day seven, he called it good and also called humanity to keep developing and keep making and to keep engaging. And it's kind of a blank canvas for us to keep, to beautify for us the to earth. keep developing. Yeah. 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 And so, you know. I really like that. Man, what oh, okay. a cool note to end on with our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's inspirational. Thank you so much again, Stephen, for your time. And man, it'd be cool to have you on again sometime. One day we need to meet in person. Yeah. So you're in California. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. Yes. Full time. Where are you guys based? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. It's uh, Salt Lake, Utah. Oh, Salt Lake, Utah. Okay. Yep. We're not too far from each other. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank you again. Uh, just best of luck in your future endeavors, growing your business and growing like as you expand like your social media. You guys should totally and- publish a course on how to like go from like creating like hobby stuff to like manufacturing. I feel like you could kill it with a course. An online course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks. That'd be cool. Man, have a great rest of your day, Stephen. All right. You too. Thanks so much. See ya. Cool. Thank you guys for tuning in for this special edition of Big Little Life with the Dashleys. And we're excited to start having more guests like this on, on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Go leave us a review if you haven't yet on iTunes. That really helps us out. And thank you to all the podcast supporters as always. And have a great rest of your day, you guys.